Hey guys, welcome to episode 27. On today's episode, I get to chat with cast emerging artist LP. He's a Danish trombonist, founder of the Danish Youth Trombones, and we're going to chat all things beer, how he prepared himself to run a half marathon, and how he juggles his life as a freelancer. Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Being Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Kubides, CEO of Kubides Artist Services, marketing and management consultant, educator, and professional saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I am sitting here with Danish trombonist LP. Hello, welcome. Hey, thank you. Um, I was like, how do I even introduce you? Like, what would you describe what you do? And can you please like pronounce your name? Because I don't want to butcher it. So my name is Lars Peter. Um, and everybody calls... Uh, Sørensen. Okay, cool. So everybody calls me LP because it's shorter. And in Danish, you put a lot of those names together. So I've been called like every version of that. Okay. Like, uh, Lars Emil, Hans Emil, Hans Peter, Lars Peter. All kinds of versions of that. So cool. LP, it's easy. People can remember it. Um, and my, I started doing that a few years ago. Uh, my dad started calling me that and it it, uh, it got stuck. But that also yeah. now it means that when, um, for instance, when we have I've done some concerts uh, conducting brass bands and uh, uh, the guy introduces me and he uh-huh. looks in his program notes and he sees my full name and he introduces that and people thought, We'll be sitting there like, who is that? <laughs> because everybody know, remembers that it's LP. It's LP, yeah. yeah. And do you have any, like, nicknames or anything people call you? No. Primarily it's that. Just just LP? Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're a trombonist. You live in... Denmark. Denmark. I, I know this. Um, <laughs> and tell us what it's like to, to live there and to be a musician there. Uh, it's very different than, um, than the U.S. because we're such a small country. So we're only, like, 5 million uh, inhabitants. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have... Let me think. Uh, seven uh, full-time symphony orchestras. Okay. Uh, a few military bands and, and a few other things. Um, so it's very like a close circle, mm-hmm. um, but it's really nice. I enjoy it so much. I mean, we have there. Are, there are some of the the benefits about living in Denmark. You don't have to pay for school. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, we even get like a we even get money from the government to be in school. You get paid. It's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and it's it it, it suits my my. Uh, mood very nicely it's and it's never too warm or never it's <laughs> like we're always in between it doesn't get like really freezing yeah and it doesn't get like really hot it's just in between all the time that's perfect yeah because you're nice. you're here now in nashville and it's a thousand yes, degrees yes 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 <laughs> so it's too hot i think i melted you're, you're completely melting. yesterday during the photo shoot <laughs> yes so we had a photo shoot with lp he was so sweet he came here um he's doing a, a guest artist appearance at a workshop in dc um so he flew down to nashville to hang out and to um take his picture with sarah and i and it was like, welcome to Nashville. We're so friendly. Everything's awesome. It's beautiful. And we're like literally melting and yeah. having a stroke. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, okay. So tell us about how you got into music, why you picked the trombone. Um, yeah, that's actually a funny story. So the whole reason I got started playing was when I was when I was born, I was multi-allergic, asthmatic kid. Um, okay. I couldn't do a lot of things. Like I tried sports, but I would get so winded all the time. It didn't work out. 
Uh, and at one point, my dad, he read an article about the old coal miners uh, in England when they would play in brass bands to strengthen their lungs and blow out the coal dust. So he took me to the local marching band. Um, okay. And like as a attempt to see if that would help my breathing. Uh-huh. Uh, and they just like handed me every instrument in the marching band. And I kept going until I like started on cornet and tried that. And it was awful. And did couldn't make a sound. And just went down <laughs> until I hit like baritone euphonium. Uh-huh. Uh, and that worked out. Uh, so then I started playing in that marching band. And for many years, I thought, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a professional euphonium player. Uh, <laughs> what does wanna... that mean? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> I just thought, this is what I want to I want to play this. Uh-huh. And then somebody told me, you know, you really can't. You, you have to like play the trombone if you want to do this. I was like, OK, I'll start on the trombone. <laughs> and, but I love it so much now. It's, it's amazing. So I started there, and then uh, around high school, I was uh, really torn between if I should do like uh, study law, medicine, or um, play music. Mm. And I ended up doing the music thing because um, I, I couldn't not yeah. do it. Uh, and it, it's a, it's so such an honest thing. Like in high school, I would I, w- I was keeping a very busy schedule with playing and school and everything. So I was faking a lot of my classes because mm-hmm. I read really fast. So I would get there a little early in class and while the teacher was taking names I would like read the first few pages of what we had to do for the day and I would be yeah yeah sure and like wing it yeah uh and music you can't wing I mean it's so honest when you get up there either you practiced or you didn't practice you can't do anything about that and I really enjoyed that um yeah so then I applied for conservatory uh I passed my first conservatory application but I didn't get accepted okay um and my teacher at the time told me, maybe you should try bass trombone. Uh, and I took that. Uh, I, I did, really didn't want to. Again, I was str- I was fighting this. Um, I felt it like it, this is a defeat. It's because you don't think I can't play high notes. It's, oh. <laughs> and then he gave me a bass trombone, and it was just home. Yeah. It really felt like coming home, playing that first few notes. Uh, so that was that was great. Um, and then yeah, I applied. I applied the year after in bass trombone and improved my uh, admission marks with like three or four or something like that. It just doubled them almost. Yeah. Um, so that was really great. And then I yeah got into conservatory, and from there it's yeah took my bachelor's in Denmark, went to Holland, studied a year, came back, did my master's, uh, did a, a postgraduate soloist uh, mm-hmm. thing we have in Denmark. And now it's just working as a freelancer, teacher, conductor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wearing all the hats at once. Yeah, that's so cool. I love hearing like the stories about like arriving home with your instrument and like it kind of in a way picking you. Yeah, and it was really fun because my dad. Um, so a lot of people think like my parents paced me, and they really didn't. Like I was uh, never don't ever tell my students this, but I didn't practice a lot in the beginning because I was playing so much I was playing in the marching band three hours on Monday I was playing in their youth band on Tuesday and I was playing some symphony orchestra uh, youth things so I was playing all the time uh, mm-hmm. which, so I I wasn't that good at sitting down and practicing when I was 14, 15 um, but I got really good at sight reading because I was a little unprepared <laughs> um, so anyway my dad um my dad always like encouraged me to like do whatever you want and do these mm. things. And if you want to do it, I'll support you. I'll drive you. Um, so when the teacher in my marching band um, quit and I need a new teacher, he found one from the nearest symphony orchestra. 
uh, which was an hour drive away. So he would drive me every week, um, and he would sit there. And he was a he's a accountant, so he would just like bring, bring um, books and sit there and doing those or yeah. reading his newspaper while I had my lesson, never interfering. Um, but a lot of people saw that as he was like pacing me and like careful you're gonna break the boy and all these things um, <laughs> so the day I was uh, my teacher suggested the bass trombone to me like he was really uh, going around it mm -hmm. and then at one point my dad I think it's the first time he ever interfered in any one of my lessons mm -hmm. just puts down his newspaper tell the boy what you mean <laughs> <laughs> and he put, just picks it up again I'll never forget that that was uh, it was just so clear he's like stop stop going around it just say what you're thinking and yeah you're just like yeah you should play bass trombone <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah. about europeans it's like there you go there it is do it yeah exactly that's so awesome i love that support and, and just how close you are with your family in yeah, that way we're, and we're really close yeah to see that that's really special um okay so tell us about like being a conductor and a teacher like how did all of these different hats kind of evolve um so the conductor hat came at when i had to begin my master's so I decided I wanted to expand a little bit so I would do a, a dual uh, master's so I had both trombone and conducting as my major um, and I applied for that and I started doing that and there was a lot of issues with my school at the time because they didn't have a band for us to conduct so okay. I had to go find something in the city and yeah all these things but it, it evolved slowly um, worst thing I think it was uh, I think the conducting was not the thing that I got my highest mark on when I left the school. All my high, my highest marks I got playing. Uh, yeah. But the conducting ended up being some of the things I'm doing most of right now. Yeah. Because it just it just kept evolving. Um, four years ago, I got a a call from a, a brass band saying, "Hey, we need a new conductor. Would you be interested in conducting us?" And I had never conducted any bands of that level uh -huh. before, so I was really sort of. Uh, a little scared about it, but I said, okay, let's do this. And we went on a journey together that it, it improved my skills so much and it improved them. Uh, they also got a lot better. So they got now they're in the highest, um, like we have several divisions, uh -huh. like because brass band is so competitive and national championships and all That's these so things. Cool. Okay. It's like the soccer of brass band. <laughs> it's, uh, and people get really intense about it as well. Yeah. Um, so we went on, on that journey together, and they gave me a lot of opportunities, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, so now I have three mm -hmm. uh, bands I'm conducting every week and doing some freelance conducting. Uh, I had one last weekend just before coming here. Well, a friend of mine calls me up and, hey, I'm sick. Uh, can you come do this concert? I'll send you some scores and these things. So I'm doing a lot of those right now, and it's really... Uh, really fun and challenging um and it's nice to be on both sides mm -hmm. of it i think th in denmark we have a lot of trombone players who became conductors and then quit playing trombone and i always thought it was because you've, you've been sitting for so many years in the symphony uh on your tenure job they're thinking i can do that better uh, <laughs> it wasn't that it wasn't the case for me though but it, it was uh it just slowly evolved in there yeah um and teaching is something I've already always loved doing. Yeah. Even before I started playing music, I was the uh, instructor in my uh, local diving club uh, for all the kids. So I've, I've always had these things. I didn't know this. Tell us about diving. Yeah, I was a. Uh, so I, I, was, um, I did a lot of uh, scuba diving and free what? diving. 
That's uh, so cool. Okay. Before I moved to Aarhus, uh, so it's been like in it's it's in hibernation right now because I couldn't fit all my equipment when I moved. But um, so I used to teach all these uh, these kids. They're doing teaching how to free dive, uh, shoot like go down to the sea and shoot your own fish and. That's amazing. Things. Okay, well, I feel incredibly uncultured. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Under, um, underwater rugby is a thing. Also. <laughs> um, okay, so I one of my favorite things about you is just how much you love teaching and education and, and how like pivotal that part of community community was for you. Mm. Um, tell us about why you decided to start your, your own workshop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, when I was doing my bachelor's, you have to have like a pedagogic curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and my teacher at the time wanted to do like talent work. So he decided like we had a, a annual summer school where he asked me if I could be there as the, um, what do you call it? The grown up. <laughs> okay. So like all the kids have to sleep in the at gym hall and I was the one who had to stay there and call anybody if anything happened and do these things and also teach. And one year we just had an amazing group of trombone players there. Um, and we decided to keep them together and, and make a group that would meet four to five times a year. Um, and then I think almost everyone from that group, and minus one, she's an engineer now, but all the rest of them are in conservatory or finished or have and have jobs playing okay. in, in symphony orchestras or jazz players and, and these things. And then when they sort of went into their career, the whole thing died out a little bit. And I just missed the, missed that when I came back from Holland and all that community, like bringing everybody from the entire country together and being really nerdy about trombone. <laughs> because I had some of my best experiences yeah. playing music. I mean, I get to travel the world. Uh, when I was playing in the my youth symphony orchestra, our conductor all of a sudden makes sure, like, we're going to China for a week. Yeah. Uh, we're going this place. We're going this place. And, I mean, it's just... There's such a strong community in the music world, and we, I mean, which country you're from, what religion you have, who you vote for, all these things, they don't matter. Mm-hmm. Because you can always play together, and you can always do these things. I mean, like like your husband, Nick, I mean, I met him 10 years ago when yeah. he was in Denmark for a trombone festival. <laughs> and I think it took five minutes yesterday, and then we're, oh, yeah, do you remember this? And we're we're back at it again. Yeah. I, I love that, that thing. Yeah. That's so awesome. I think, I mean, if I ever would have played a, like, a different instrument, um, like, for instance, piano or something like that, I think I would have quit. <laughs> because, um, the like I told you, I, I wasn't practicing so much when I was a kid. Uh, so, like, the being alone thing with your instrument didn't mean so much to me at that point. For me, it yeah. was all about the social experiences of, of, of the team playing, of being in an orchestra and, yeah. or a band and going to competitions and going on trips and all these things. Um, that was what got me excited about music. And then later on, I decided, oh, this could be a career path also. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I totally giggled because your fiance is here and she plays piano and so is David <laughs> recording us. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, yeah. Way to go, team. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so we started working together, um, what, like nine months ago? Yeah. And one of the, the things that I've really loved about working with you has been the actual the, the wellness journey. Besides you making me a cultured person, um, just that entire transformation that you've had from like, I don't know, not being sure where to go next to like running a half marathon soon. Oh, like, yeah. Like, can you 
Yeah, it's happening. Four weeks. <laughs> less, less. It's uh, June 16th. Oh, my goodness. So tell us how this entire wellness journey has kind of changed your career or had it pivot in some capacity. Uh, yeah, so it, it, I mean, of course, being healthy helps my playing as a wind player. I can, it's, I can feel it. Yeah. Like I have more air. I can do longer phrases. I can do all of these things. Um, so I tried doing it on my own like a few times. Uh, I started in the gym and it ended up being like a sponsorship where I'm only paying the gym <laughs> and not never showing up um, like everyone else. Uh, so so for me, it's just been a, it's been a weird journey. I think I really started the journey after my, like I told you, like my parents and I are really close. Mm-hmm. So my dad had a heart surgery two years ago. Okay. Uh, triple bypass, new valve, all these things. And he started doing exercise in rec- as a recovery thing. So I told him, because I could see all the benefits it had for him, anything you do, I'll do it with you. Yeah. So if you decide to go for a run, I'll run it with you. So I already decided last year I was going to do my uh, my first half marathon with him. Um, and that got canceled because the marathon got canceled. Um and and it was just it took away all my motivation for exercising and and doing these things. So when we decided, decided to do this again, I decided okay, now I'm just gonna do it not for this or anything. It's gonna be for me. I'm gonna run half a marathon at some point in uh, 2019, and no matter what, like if I can't do one of them, I'll do the other one. Mm-hmm. So I started doing training for this, and slowly, you know, seeing like oh, I can actually do this. And all of a sudden, I decided so I'm still gonna run the one with my dad in August and I'm going to get a terrible time on that because I'm going to go with his pace he's 71 so it's not going to be a fast one yeah but I decided to see like to push myself a little and see like how fast can I actually do it if I'm doing this yeah um so that's why I signed up for the one here in two weeks uh three weeks almost yeah um and it's been it's a mental and it's a physical thing Mm -hmm. like I feel better play better but it's also just uh you train your mind yeah for for these long runs i mean go and run for one hour and a half and just keep going even though it hurts a little bit or yeah. it doesn't feel so comfortable it's things i can take directly into my playing mm-hmm. like now you're performing just i mean you have to keep going there's no turning back now you can't do this so it gives me sort of a, a mental focus and and strength that i need in my playing as well yeah oh, i love that yeah and then of course, I'm getting married in uh, in August, so I also made a, a deal with my fiance and myself that I was going to lose 20 pounds before August. We're down 10, 10 more to go. Yeah, that's so awesome. Congrats. Yeah, now I can fit my clothes again. <laughs> that's good. Um, okay, so let's do a couple of fun questions. Um, what is your most favorite place that you've ever traveled to? Um, the Great Wall of China. I think that was uh, just to be out there and walking there is was amazing amazing view amazing like feeling like you're part of history yeah plus it's where i proposed oh did you yeah that's so cool wow that's epic my god okay um what about your favorite beer oh that's difficult i figured <laughs> we have so many good ones oh dear it varies a lot okay um depending on the season for instance, now when it's hot and and uh, summery, I want something fruity. I prefer something that's a little lighter on the alcohol percentage. Okay. Uh, because it's nice sometimes, you know, to be able to have a beer a little 
and enjoy it and actually be able to function uh, <laughs> the rest of the day. Come around Christmas time, it's easier to get those heavy, heavy percenters. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's really difficult to find. Like, I, I'm never good at that. This is the same if you have, ask me like my favorite food. Yeah, I was coming. I, because I feel like I have to settle in on one thing and I can't never change my mind again because now it's getting recorded. Right, it's a uh, history now. Because, it, yeah, exactly. Instead of just saying, <laughs> oh, today it's this and tomorrow, oh, well, it'll be something else. Yeah. Uh, I always feel a little locked in. But I think I, I will end with, there's a, a local brewery close to, to where I'm from. They do like um, an elderflower summer kind of beer. Okay. I think that's my favorite. Okay. Um, what about food? Oh, Danish dishes. I think I always end up end up there. Like my what? mom, my mom's cooking. That's a good answer. <laughs> okay, and then just final question: um, If you could have a billboard in a music conservatory, um, what would it say? Like a sign or a music school? It doesn't have to be a conservatory. Yeah, we don't do the billboard so much. <laughs> I have to think about this. Um, do the do the thing and you shall have the power. Hmm. Directly stolen from one of the books you could told me to read, but <laughs> doesn't matter. It works. Yeah, do the thing. Do the thing and you shall have the power. I love that. Um, well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm so happy that you're here and that we're getting to thank you be together face to face. Yeah, it's great. <laughs>